Hello world, it's time to cue the coach. The world we are living in today has been spiraling out of control for decades in such a way that we are all losing our minds, risking our health daily and choking on the ashes of a dying paradigm. You don't want to continue living in fear or in conformity to someone else's version of reality, do you? I know I'm done, and I've been done for quite some time now. Wellness needs an advocate. Holistic health, that is. It's time that we rise to the challenge of creating a brand new world with the fiery passion of a phoenix rising from the ashes. What beautiful essence do you possess that this world desperately needs? On this podcast, that is what we are here to find out. Together, let's unlock the pure potential from within. And as Gandhi said, let's be the change we wish to see in this world. Episode 17, The Crown Chakra. Well, hello out there. It's another beautiful day to be alive. If you're not feeling it yet, here's to hoping I can get you there by the end of this episode. It's so good to be here creating another episode of Cue the Coach, the podcast. And today we are going to analyze the highest of the seven chakras in this chakra series, the Crown Chakra. Once this episode is complete, I'm going to make the next seven episodes as meditations to pair with each chakra. It's going to be a ton of fun for me as I play around with some more sounds and vibrations to really get into some sound healing techniques that I can't wait to share with you. I hope you enjoyed the new intro I put together today. I felt it as appropriate as we're prepping to dive deeper into chakra cleansing. So, all right, here we go, the crown chakra. Let's get to it. Sanskrit name for this chakra is Sahasrara. The loose translation of this word into English is thousand-petaled lotus, and its symbol, surprise, surprise, is a thousand-petaled violet or purple lotus. The chakra center is also associated with the color of diamond white, or a sheer clear white, if you will, symbolizing pure divine consciousness. This is the chakra of the energy of pure bliss and connect union to the whole of life. This feeling is known in many Eastern traditions as Samadhi, which translates to English also as bliss and unity with the whole or the divine. Can you think of a time when you felt so great inside that you needed or wanted for nothing else? You could just sit, watch a sunset, take a deep breath, and just be. It seems in those moments that you're on top of the world, doesn't it? Like you've reached heaven and there's nothing wrong with anything, anywhere. You just want to jump up and down, scream yes. You can easily take a deep breath and just let it out. Oh, wow. Just shaking your head in awe at just how good you feel. Right? You've been there, right? These moments feel amazing. And yet they're often unintentional. 
We glimpse this from moments after we just won the lottery, found a new lover, or when we received a promotion. In other words, we stumble onto it either by accident or in gratitude for earning something after hardship or hard work was put in. Of course, there's nothing wrong with this. It's profound, and it feels fantastic. Even though I'm sure all of us would prefer to feel this way all of the time without any hard work and struggle in between. At least we think so. So I'm right there with you if that's how you feel, because I've been there too. But I know, just as you do, that to be in such a state on a regular basis takes some deep work that many of us feel is unimportant to strive for. And quite frankly, if we didn't know the opposite, it might not feel as good after a while. Some people make it look like it comes very naturally to them to be in this state all the time. It looks so easy for some people, doesn't it? Some in history are even famous for their inevitable conclusion of bliss, nirvana, samadhi, or heaven, such as Buddha, Jesus, and so many other famous saints, seers, and saviors, whether it be a famous martyr, or in the case of the Buddha, a man so clear about life that he literally chose his last breath. And we seem to believe their consciousness is more advanced than our own, and that such states are unattainable to us laymen, right? Yet even the most famous among us had hardships, and Jesus was even crucified for his convictions. Heaven, samadhi, nirvana, these are all states of consciousness. Our 3D brains have a difficult time wrapping around this concept, and we live on a three-dimensional, tangible, physical world. And so we navigate it with our three-dimensional, physical, five-sense-driven bodies. This etheric world, this, this world of the chakras, this energetic world beneath it seems out of reach until after we die. And many of us have a great fear of death rather than looking forward to freedom. But quite truthfully, it's just the energy is all there with us. We just are not taught in our societies really to focus on it. So let's recap what the chakra system is for a bit here so that we can be reminded of the core principles more deeply today. The entire chakra system is an energy body. It cannot be seen with the naked eye. It cannot be heard. It cannot be tasted or touched. We cannot smell it. However, the energetic frequencies emitted from it are responsible for our autonomic nervous system, allowing us to breathe, for blood pumping through our veins, for the digestion of food, and for our senses being alive with their sensation. Our ability to be more or less conscious, more or less connected to the earth, and more or less connected to divinity and the cosmos is dependent on the balancing of these chakras in our energy body here. In other words, in more practical terms, how well we manage this energy determines the overall health of our body, mind, emotions, and spirit. So those of us who manage it a little bit better than others tend to err on the side of, of a healthier life and a healthier lifestyle. We also have this divine gift of free will that allows us to choose to either suffer or to transmute this energy effectively back upward with optimum vitality towards the original source of energy back up into the universal consciousness. The energy of the galaxy, the sun, and the solar system comes down to earth and reflects back like a hologram. Our free will either deflects it or harnesses it in harmony with the process. If we don't choose how to use it, it uses us and still makes itself available for others to use. We cannot stop the flow of energy. We can either harness it or deflect it. 
So putting dogma aside, energy in motion stays in motion. Stagnation is abnormal and creates disease. Just like a stream cleans its riverbed of impurities as the water flows consistently and constantly, we need to allow energy that comes down to us to be reflected back up consistently and constantly. Allow it to come down, be open to it coming down. And that is what the crown chakra is about, being as open as possible to allow that energy to come down and then doing the work so that it continues to go upwards so it works efficiently at cooperation to clear the path so that we work efficiently at cooperation to clear the path. This is the work of the entire chakra system. When we are willing, when we are a willing vessel, and we understand that we are in fact a vessel, we may enter into the dichotomy of duality, which is another concept to explore here. So what do I mean by that? In reality, energy just is. Whether it's within me, within you, within a tree, the water, the air, or even solid objects. Everything vibrates at different frequencies, making some things more solid than others, some more alive than others, and on and on. So energy is all there is, but it shows up in reflection as multiple entities, creating a seeming duality, a seemingly separate entity. This is most obvious when two people begin talking. No two people share the exact same conscious expression, not even identical twins. We do, however, share consciousness as humans, and animals can recognize it, although they're not embedded with it as we are. And a rock, a plant, well, let's go, let's go to the plant next, and then the rock, right? The, the, the more dense the object, the less life is there. If there's no air and water within its molecules that are obvious, it's, it's you know, there's, there's a bunch of science behind it, but let's just put it, put it simply. Energy is in motion in all of these objects, in all of us, in all of these objects, in everything. So, there is a seeming duality because we have the capacity to observe other parts of it. And that's where duality comes in. But in reality, it's one part of energy observing another part of energy, which is all the same energy. So being in alignment with the crown chakra and having a balanced crown chakra means being focused on the unity of consciousness that I was just talking about, not focused on what we typically get blindsided by, which is separation or duality. It means living in the consciousness that we are all one. It means embodying this and moving beyond constraints of space and time. The crown chakra is the energetic frequency of the quantum field. This is the birthplace of creation, heaven, nirvana, samadhi, ultimate peace and bliss. It's beyond space and time. So that is what it's like to be connected and balanced when it comes to the crown chakra, being fully immersed in that. Let's now take a look at what it means to be imbalanced and disconnected from this chakra. When imbalanced, you may have a religion that you were raised in. You may even understand it conceptually and go to church regularly. Yet you're trapped in judging the religious beliefs of others outside of your religion or your dogma as inferior to your own. Perhaps you may not even practice any form of prayer and meditation. Or you don't feel like you can connect to a God or a higher power even when you do pray or meditate with as much sincerity as you try to muster up. 
You may jump from religion to religion for fleeting euphoric experiences and treat this, too, like an addiction. You may be addicted to reading hundreds of self-help books, implementing the concepts for a few weeks or months, and then give up on them and keep moving on to the next thing and the next and the next, while not truly retaining any new effective habits, just being hungry for knowledge and then throwing it away when the work comes in. I've been there, and quite frankly, I don't regret that I did this in my 20s, as it did help me to uncover deeper truths and to zone in on a connection with God as I now understand God. So it's not bad if you're seeking, at least you're in pursuit of this balance of this chakra. So this worked for me, however, because I didn't just keep seeking because I couldn't find what I was looking for. Rather, I kept seeking so that I can continue to deepen my understanding. So I'm sure that could be you as well, right? I never tossed aside any spiritual or self-help books saying, well, that was shit. Other than maybe two or three over 20 years that were focused on the superficial rather than the authentically spiritual. My years of research helped me to first understand how much I loved research, and then it also helped me to learn how to weed out the bullshit from the real deal. I read books such as The Four Agreements and Conversations with God, went on a 10-day Vipassana meditation retreat, spent a great deal of time doing yoga asanas and deep meditation, and all the while I remained focused, understand God more fully, connect deeply with it, and respect and revere my fellow humans as I do. As a result, I've experienced more and more moments of bliss, nirvana, samadhi, and heaven as I understand them, and as best as I can while still in this physical body. How does that happen for you? I'd love to hear about it. <laughs> if you are on that pursuit and you do go for this and, and are hungry for knowledge, I really would love to know where, where it takes you. So many of us are unfortunately living like zombies, though. Addicted to stimulation, suffering, vomiting complaints about our suffering, and being enmeshed in perpetual distractions so that we don't have to face ourselves directly. Materialists judge success by how much money they have and how rare and expensive their possessions are, bragging about that, showing it off. Some of us get married just to be able to say we have a spouse, only to cheat and feel basic lustful desires stronger than our fidelity and cheat, clinging to animalistic urges rather than transmuting that energy into something positive and healthy or feeding it back into the relationship. We often feed our own egos or we fear the egos and power that others have succumbing to jealousy and rude behavior is justifiable in a harsh world. So many of us seethe in anger at the wicked government or the 1% behind the curtain that is hiding the truth from us. Maybe that stuff's true. Maybe it is, to certain degrees. And I've been there. I've honestly been there. I've, I've gotten locked up in thinking about all that stuff. But there's honestly no better way to make yourself look like a crazy person than when you sit in that victim mentality and spew that stuff through your entire day and life. And everything that somebody comes at you with, you have this attack all prepared oh, it's the government, it's the 1%, they're screwing us all over. When you're caught in that, you're stuck in victim mentality, you might as well just go along with what that 1% in that government is telling you to do, whatever you think it is that they're trying to do to control you, because guess what? If you're stuck in that victim and anger mentality and you're just sitting there spewing off the bullshit, you're still being controlled by them. So stop being a dumbass. <laughs> Don't get sucked into it. 
find a way to healthfully feed your mind. We so often turn again and again to this 3D reality that appeals to the five senses and see that as the only reality that exists. Even churches and synagogues are emptying out by the thousands due to fear, corruption, and lack of faith these days. Biblical prophecies being fulfilled right before our eyes because we're just watching it all happen like a disaster movie and allowing ourselves to be led around, as I've said before, like cats following a laser pointer. Look, look, COVID, 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 COVID. Donald Trump said this. Let's impeach him. That person's a racist. Arrest him. Throw him in jail. Give him the death penalty. Go get your vaccine now. It's available everywhere. We don't even realize that our conscious minds are being hijacked and distracted. They teach us, they say, here's one thing you can believe in, or here's another thing you can believe in. Which side are you on? That's like an old sales technique, right? We fall for it. Especially when it comes to the news, we fall for it so hard. I watch people fall for it day in and day out. Believe this or believe that. This side is winning, winning traction today. The other side is winning traction tomorrow. Why would you let yourself be put in a little box like a piece of candy? Stop it. Just stop. <laughs> Please. We need to get our heads out of the sand or out of our asses and focus on the divine inspiration, on new ideas, on new energy. That's what this crown chakra is about. Embracing that new energy from above, from a conscious, clear place. So my brain was meant for more than being a hamster on a wheel of recycled shit. I don't know about you. I hope so. This way of living doesn't have to continue. At some point, the tides will turn. I can only hope that they do before many of us are dead and buried, where we're actually people are actually being led to pay attention and take care of themselves and think for themselves. There is a God, and those of us who truly turn within to uncover its beauty have found it time and time again. The hardest part is that God is a gentle nudge, and it comes to us through our own free will as we are open to it. But many of us have given our will over to the media and to gossip and to outside circumstance. So don't die trapped in that loop or you may as well have lived in a cage your entire life. Think about that. The pinnacle of life on this planet is humanity. We are the only animals on the planet that are endowed with the gift of consciousness. We have the choice of free will, of congregation and cooperation, and the ability to connect with the creative energy that not only created us, but that we may consciously co-create with. Without recognition of this, we are not living up to our full potential. All of the other chakras within the body are dependent upon this one chakra, the crown chakra, to function optimally, so we cannot afford to leave this one out because of our fears or our unwillingness to accept faith unless we prefer to continue, as I've said living like pets, operating on raw instinct and fleeting desire alone, at the mercy of the masters of manipulation. So where do we find balance of the crown chakra? Of course, finding balance here starts with having an open mind to explore faith and God in a way that is highly personal to you. Find a path to walk on that may inspire you to be more loving to yourself and others, devoted to God, unity, and connection. 
whether it be in Buddhism, Christianity, shamanism, paganism, Jainism, Sufism, or just defined as a spiritual path or any other dogma. The importance is that you immerse yourself in it so deeply for growth and divine connection and faith. There are so many paths that lead to God and that walk hand in hand with God, but so few in religious dogmas that devote themselves to the spiritual truths that lie beneath the surface of each. So few of us. It matters not what you call God, your higher power, the one, infinite energy, love. It just matters that you recognize it as greater than you and flowing through all. Everything. Any dogma that pushes us to deny the objectification of God in a way that makes sense to us individually is focused on the opposite of God. God is inclusion, connection, and pure energy at the core of everything. If you genuinely and honestly try to apply this to any religion and you look deeply enough, your breath will be exalted to find that this is true at the core. The outer, the name, the statue, the object matters very little. This connection to it and to life affirmation is the critical point that must not be missed if we're to achieve balance of the crown chakra, if we're to embrace this energy, if we're to be open to as much of it as possible. As I mentioned earlier, the opening of this chakra brings balancing energies to all other chakras, which means it's associated with every element connected to the human body, earth, air, water, fire, and ether alike. Bouncing the chakra sends healing energy downward into all the other chakras and points the way for what is out of balance within them as it reaches them, and we bring our awareness to them. And it is the energy that comes through us that is responsible for all of our healing, not any of the outside stuff. No medicine, no food, no weather, none of that stuff means as much to healing as the faith and belief in this energy that comes through us, no matter what you call it. So let's say you've decided on a religious spiritual path, or, or a religious or a spiritual path, rather. What are your next steps? Your immediate next steps that I would suggest, or next step, rather, is to build yourself an altar for prayer and meditation. Now you may want to get tapestry, some statues, incense, meditation cushion, candles, essential oils, sage, stones or crystals, essential oil diffuser, paintings or pictures that remind you of anything and everything you hold sacred as it pertains to God. By the way, I'm not suggesting that in modern times we're living in that you plan to sacrifice an animal or drink blood here. This altar is simply a sacred space in which you may harness energy and offer it outward in your expression to the divine with all of your heart, mind, and soul and a place where you'll be focused on nothing else and then receiving that energy and taking it out into your day or taking it with you to bed. Both, if you can. This will be a place that you sit at regularly, if not daily, to recite prayers, mantras, and where you'll meditate. So make it as special as you feel called to make it. The outer is not as important as the inner work, but let's face it, we're all quite distracted and busy much of the time already in our day-to-day -day living. So these simple outer items can aid you in centering yourself to prepare for ritual. Now, again, here, ritual, as I'm using it here, by the way, is not some voodoo word reserved for witches or cult leaders or even religious dogma. I simply mean here that you are preparing a space, some music, an environment to be suitable for relaxation of the mind, body, and spirit, so that you might pray and meditate more effectively. 
If personalizing it according to your dogma is most comfortable for you, by all means, decorate the space with this in mind. There's nothing wrong with that. You may even want to first just find a space within your home that is quiet, secluded, and comfortable for meditation, where you'll eventually make an altar. You don't even have to do the altar right away, but just have a space, right? And just meditate there daily until you're inspired to add little things, little by little, to the altar. Divine inspiration will come to you if you sit here regularly and vision for it, that I can guarantee. Um, that'll be another future episode that I'm planning uh, on visioning, specifically around setting a sacred space. But for now, let's move on because we're just focused on the crown chakra here. So these words, prayer, meditation, altar, and rituals are so challenging for some of us to get comfortable with, yet they're so profoundly supportive of life when not seeped in old ideas and outdated fears or judgments. So give it a chance. You might find miracles in your day-to-day -day life begin to show up as you take even one step closer on a spiritual path in such ways. So now once you have your altar built or your meditation space fit together there, the absolute best way to consciously enter into this spiritual path and to prepare the body for inspiration, relaxation, and connection to the divine is to do either physical yoga or some form of cardiovascular exercise for at least 20 minutes followed by a hot shower and putting on your most comfortable clothes possible before you sit down to meditate, just before you sit down. So check out yin yoga for some really amazing beginner yoga poses. Just recently heard about it from Travis Elliott of the Be Ultimate podcast, and he actually has some things on YouTube himself. Um, so YouTube him or um, the Be Ultimate podcast on YouTube, uh, or I'll provide a, a link of one I watched today as well called Stretch the Day's Tensions Away with this yin yoga sequence by Rituals Cosmetics, or Rituals Cosmetic Global. That one's not anything to do with Travis Elliott, but it's a, it's a really good one. Um, very simple. You're really just laying there and slightly moving a little bit, adjusting and consciously breathing. It's 35 minutes long for that one, but once you have the moves down and you don't need the videos which again, these moves are really easy, um, you can get it done in 20 minutes. So then when you're ready to meditate, you'll get seated in either a half or full lotus position on your meditation cushion or a pillow, folded blanket or towel if you don't yet have a meditation cushion. Uh, put on some music, preferably binaural beats or chakra clearing music that relate to any particular chakra imbalances you may be experiencing. And the show notes have provided you with some links to some of my current favorites with that as well. If you absolutely can't get into either of the positions mentioned above, though, by the way, then just grab a chair with a straight, tall back and place your feet firmly on the floor with your back tall. And really, in any of these positions, that's one of the most important parts is that you sit tall with your back as straight as possible so that your energy may flow freely and just keep your eyes pointed, your, your face pointed straight forward as well. So you might also experiment with some different hand positions and mudras. But when just getting started, and especially when your goal is to pull energy down from the crown chakra specifically, just place your palms open on your knees, face up with all fingers spread wide as you're preparing to sit for meditation. Now, just check this out with me for a minute here. Now, unless you're driving, do this now. <laughs> do this now unless you're driving so I can display something for you. Just open your hands and put them in your lap. And now, just... Bring your attention to the, to the hands. Can you feel the energy in your hands? Most of us can immediately feel some vibration, some sensations of heat or cold, 
as well as the tension we might be holding inside of our bodies within our fingers when we hold our hands in a position and focus on them. I know when I, you know, I used to drink constantly. I used to drink coffee all day long. And if I actually just sat down to try and meditate and put my hands up like this, my hands would literally shake. You know, and as people get older, uh, their nerves tend to be frayed and imbalanced and, and, you know, your hands tend to shake. So you can just feel that energy coursing through your body. And that's, that's this energy we're talking about here. So it's the gift of consciousness and the, the ability to be able to feel it. And this is the easiest way to get in touch with the prana, kundalini, reiki, or whatever label you choose to give life force energy. It's the energy that pulses throughout our chakra system. It's in our breath, where it's usually referred to as prana. It courses through our veins, where it's usually called reiki or chi, or just life force. Coils at our spine, where it's normally called kundalini. And then as that kundalini energy comes up, it enters our skulls. And it's unraveled and moved upward into the ether energy. And the energy also arranges itself into different forms on the earth and throughout the cosmos. This is life. This is energy. This is God. The purpose of daily meditation is to learn to live completely immersed in this energy and in the moment feeling the body, becoming aware of the sensations you feel throughout your entire body, becoming aware of your breath, becoming aware of the blood and energy coursing through your veins, and most importantly, to live in gratitude and awe at its availability, that there is this higher power available to us. It is a reverent thank you that God is here with you, around you, and through you. Oh, yeah. So that is it for the crown chakra today, I believe. Now, in my next eight episodes, I'm going to be providing you with meditations. I'm really excited about this one. One on each chakra and then a final full body chakra check in meditation at the end. So it'll be eight total episodes. I found it very helpful myself to repeat such meditations daily once per day for seven days on each chakra per week, making the core of my days focused on each chakra as I move through them. So maybe that could work for you uh, or someone else you know. So give it a chance or give them the chance. Share this podcast with them. I thank you very much for listening to this episode and this entire chakra series so far on Cue the Coach. If you are listening, this was meant for you. <laughs> and I thank you so much for being here to receive it. If you like what you hear, please rate and review this podcast, spread the word, and consider a monthly donation through anchor.fm to fuel the fire of continuing this weekly podcast on holistic health. The link to my donation page is listed in the show notes, and I truly appreciate you, and if no one told you that they love you today, I love you. Namaste. Take care, everyone. Shh, 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 shh,